Hi there. Welcome to this MindRamp podcast interview with gerontology professor Mario Garrett, in which we explore Mario's ideas about where to put our priorities when it comes to dealing with dementia. Mario stresses the importance of putting people first. He proposes an approach of care versus cure, in which we focus more on the care of people with dementia and less on the seemingly futile search to find a cure. I'm Michael C. Patterson, CEO of MindRamp Coaching and Consulting. This is one of three podcasts featuring Professor Garrett. The second podcast explores Garrett's thoughts about the nature of dementia and how the causes of the Alzheimer's syndrome have been misunderstood. And the third podcast centers around Garrett's theory of the social pathology of dementia, how our individual and social mindsets and schema about dementia can actually cause the disease and aggravate it. Let's listen to what Mario has to say about care versus cure. Let me start with the take-home argument here. And the take-home argument is that we need to change our focus away from cure to address care. Uh, so my, my interest now is care. I've written a book with uh, Maki Wakiyama, a Japanese worker. She was interested in this. We've been working with, on this for some time. And uh, we just finished a book on Japanese strategy are dealing with dementia, and they are focusing, they're spending very little on cure, uh, but they're focusing on care. And that's something that we are not doing. And we are always saying, wait, we're going to find a cure. We're going to find a cure. Don't worry about it. We're going to find a cure. And people that are now suffering with uh, dementia, they have very little support. Even though they're putting money into this, it's the focus, the emphasis is wrong. And it's not that we should, and don't get me wrong, it's not that we should not focus on looking for a cure. It is that we need to also, at the same time, provide support for those that are suffering from dementia. Remember that the first person identified with Alzheimer's disease, uh, Auguste Ditter, she did not die of Alzheimer's, she died of bed sores. It, it's torture, dying of bed sores. They're very painful. It, it's a sad way of dying after five years in hospital. We have to put that the person first, you know? And if we don't have a cure, don't say, well, you wait for the cure. We have to provide services that they need now. And also their caregivers. I'm a psychologist. I deal mainly with caregivers rather than the patients themselves. So I see... First of all, that we have the wrong emphasis on dementia. We're looking to understand it, to find a cure, to really tackle it. And we're forgetting what the person who's suffering needs. So that's my my emphasis. And all this work that I've done comes from that uh, urge, really, to highlight the needs of uh, particular caregivers. So what are they doing in Japan that is so different in terms of the care for, for dementia patients? So that's a good question. So what they're looking at is they are focusing purely on care. And what they're doing that is unique is they are saying, listen, at first we wanted the family to look after people with dementia. But we realized that there's not enough family left. People are not oh. having enough children. So even if you know, the Japanese government are pushing for this kind of filial piety, this idea, this Confucius, this idea that children should, should look after 
their elderly parents, which, by the way, China is still focusing on. In Japan, they're more pragmatic. They said they don't exist. Children don't, don't, don't exist to the extent that we need. So let's involve the community. And that's what they are doing different. Not only are they providing money for community centers or money for hospitals and clinics, but also what they're doing is they're involving volunteers, community volunteers. And the whole system of dementia care, the Orange Plan, is based on volunteers uh, that are triaging the people that need help with dementia. And it's not just volunteers that are doing all the work. They also have some power. As I said, they triage the system. So a patient will come, they have certain needs. The volunteer will look at their needs and then involve them in an assessment. The assessment team will say, well, you are level three, for example. There's five levels. Hmm. You're level three and you can get about $2,000 worth of services. And you decide what services you need. Maybe you need cleaning rather than cooking. Maybe you need, you know, housework. Maybe you need a laundry. Whatever you need, you decide. And the volunteers help with that. And it's a very clever system. It's a very clever system because it allows the individual to decide within constraints of money, in this case, what they need and their caregivers as well. So they, they feel they're involved in their care. The patient is actually honored and respected as as still being capable of making choices for themselves and about their future care. So, correct the patient and their caregivers yeah? and the caregivers. They they cannot decide for themselves, but it involves the family. It involves it involves the unit. So what Japan is doing is they're very practical people. It's a very pragmatic approach, mm-hmm. and it's not sexy. It is not a panacea. Mm-hmm. It is a very slow and thoughtful way of trying to address some of the trauma that these families are going through. Uh, is is there any um, movement in Japan to go beyond volunteerism or to actually support the volunteers in a financial way? Or do they get other kinds of support, the volunteers? Oh, yes, yes. The volunteers are not the only support. As I said, uh, the Orange Plan, they, they even started a new funding system, uh, the Long-Term Care Insurance uh, Program, to fund all of this, to fund the Orange Plan and now the new Orange Plan. And it involves also training for physicians. It involves training for care workers. It involves for better assessment, for also to have livable communities. There's two of them right now in, in Tokyo. It's a bit like a NORC, a naturally occurring retirement community. And what they're trying to do there is they're trying to not just separate people with dementia and exclude them from anything else. They're, right. they're including them with young people, with kindergarten, with school, with clinics, with community programs, with community organizations. So they're in the middle of a community. Right. And this is also very clever. We are compartmentalizing older people. And you'll find this, we do it for ourselves as well. When you get a diagnosis of dementia, the first thing that happens is the caregiver will restrict that activity of that older person because they do not want to, they think they're protecting the older person. They don't want to, you know, inflict trauma on the person suffering with dementia. But in fact, it's really very negative. The older person with dementia still needs to interact and we need to be careful in mollycoddling them Mm -hmm. because it's important. Interaction is important. And in my book, My Social Dementia, I think one of the main things that comes out is how 
the brain really needs that social engagement. It is designed to be grounded in behavior, in engagement, in activity. And, and it will be not really a revolution. It'll be a change of emphasis. We start talking about care rather than cure. Because we know that even though finding a cure is good, it's not going to happen within our lifetime. It's not right. going to solve all type of dementias. And we have people that will not be uh, amenable to that medication. So we have to really focus on care again. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found this discussion about the need to refocus our national priorities around dementia both interesting and inspiring. Mindramp is in full agreement that we need to put more time, money, and energy into caring for patients and their caregivers. Too much of our current effort now rests with finding a pharmacological cure for the disease. Too little effort is focused on helping patients and caregivers ease their immediate struggles. The MindRamp mission has always been to promote qualongevity, the ability to enjoy quality of life no matter your age and no matter your state of health. You can learn more about our training programs at www.mindramp.org. Well, once again, thanks for listening. Take care of that brain of yours. It's the only one you're going to get. And here's hoping that you will live long and live well.